Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. Hello, and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. And I'm Emily, a writer and editor. We're just two type 1 diabetic ladies trying to live our best lives. It's not always easy with the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And Miriam. And this week's special guest is Kayla, who's at Frenchie Gang on Instagram. Welcome, Kayla. (laughs) Thank you for having me. We are so pumped, pun intended, to have you on the show. Um, Five seconds in, already making a diabetes joke. I think that might be a new record for us, Miriam. (laughs) Probably. Uh, So, guys who are listening, guys and gals and everyone in between, Kayla is this dope-ass human who has her own Etsy shop. It is, drumroll please, the Stylish One Shop on Etsy, and she is also a fellow type 1 diabetic. And I like to get the conversation flowing a little bit with your with everyone's diagnosis stories for guests on the show. So if you don't mind kicking us off with how you, uh, how you found out you had the BDs, that would be grand. All right. So it starts off when it was 2006. I was 16 years old. I was a junior in high school. And I noticed myself feeling really odd. I noticed things were off, but I just thought I was going through puberty being 16 years old. I thought nothing of it. Um, I felt like my, excuse me, my vision was really messed up. I was wearing like magnified glasses to see because I just thought I'm going through puberty. It's affecting my eyesight. Maybe it's that that's a thing of it. I have no idea. That was like (laughs) the first symptom. Um, And then I noticed just I started drinking a lot more and that didn't really worry me. And I started the one thing that threw me off the most is me like urinating a bunch. And I'm just like, this isn't normal. I'm peeing like 30 times throughout the night. That's not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I talked to my mom after just a couple of months of like feeling all these weirdo symptoms. And my mom took me to the doctor and the doctor told me uh, I had type one diabetes and she just like told me that and shut the door to let me process it. And I was just like, wow, that was really weird. Like she wasn't very empathetic or anything. And I had no idea what type one diabetes was. I knew my cousin that was three years older than me had type one diabetes and he got it when he was a, um, a adolescent. So I knew that he had to be strict with food and he had to take medicine, but I didn't know the depth of it. And you know, you don't, with this disease, you don't know until you know. And um, immediately, like when I got it too, I I messaged my cousin and I'm like, I am so sorry that I never reached out to you when you got diabetes. He's like, Kayla, I was 13. Like, why would you, how how would you have known? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm so sorry. I get it now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just felt so bad. I was like, I'm a piece of shit cousin. Like, he's like, you were a child. Like, you were like nine years old, Kayla. I'm like, it doesn't matter. But, uh, (laughs) but anyways, yeah. So. They took me into the hospital. Like, I don't, I, my blood sugar is like 500 and 
um they took me in and they were really like weird they didn't teach me anything they just like were like here's your needles here's your insulin you have to learn how to do it you're 16 your parents aren't allowed to learn or know anything because you're grown you're almost a grown adult so we want you to be independent if you don't give yourself your own shots you cannot leave this hospital that is the only way you can leave and i'm like give myself my own shots what the hell you talking about no literally (laughs) verbatim what i said to my doctor when she was like okay now inject this yourself and i was like i do what i stab myself with what where yeah (laughs) i'm like uh no I'm not doing that she's like no you don't understand you're not leaving here and this is what you have to do for the rest of your life and I'm like just went in utter, yeah just like went in utter shock like no way this is not the rest of my life like I can't I can't do this so they send me home and no shit for a month I'm just in the worst PTSD I'm talking to somebody in the middle of the night, I don't know who's listening, if it's a higher power or something. And I'm saying, why would you do this to me? Why would somebody give me this? Like, why would I, why would I have gotten this? Like, I've never killed anybody. I've never hurt anybody. Why would somebody do this to me? Mm -hmm. And, um, I had to really like think about that. Nobody did this to me and this wasn't a punishment. And I had to think that this was given to me for a reason, but I didn't know what reason it was until later on and we'll get into that but yeah it was like this this had to have been given to me for a reason I remember like getting out of the hospital and the first um time that I saw an endocrinologist on the wall to get my blood work done there was a prayer and it said like I was never religious until I got diabetes like and I'm not religious religious I'm just like spiritual and it said like be thankful for the light of day like so you can like you know so you can see it be thankful for hearing your alarm you may not want to get up but you can hear it like be thankful for all these things so I knew that having this I had to connect with myself in a different way emotionally that I never was in tune to before and that's kind mm-hmm. of right. how my diagnosis story started so <laughs> that's really interesting I think that I mean, Miriam, I'm sure you could talk way more about this than I can as you're the licensed mental health <laughs> consultant or counselor. Which one are you? Consultant or counselor? Yikes. Counselor. Uh, okay. Thanks. But now Sorry I'm about curious it. what you're going to say. Let's hear it. Well, I just, I feel like I, I've, the more I talk to people who are, are type one or have some type of chronic illness, the more different ends of the spectrum of spirituality I find. I mean, I think mm-hmm. this comes mm-hmm. with anyone that is diagnosed with something that's chronic and thinking about life and death and thinking about having something for the rest of your life and mortality and all those things that Mm -hmm. also come along with maybe being an adolescent realizing that you think things now and you have feelings now and you're you know like Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of people who are diagnosed that's the time in life when your mortality becomes a lot more present you're more cognizant of life Mm -hmm. and death when you're a teenager regardless And I just think it's really interesting, the different levels of spirituality, like whether it's Rob Ho, how I can never pronounce his name, right? Who uh, always tells me to, you know, meditate more or people that seek, uh, you know, seek enlightenment in other religions or in various different forms or whether you're just, you know, what, however you choose to realize it or not realize it, but to deal with it and cope with it, there are infinite different ways. And I think that it's not surprising and very common for a lot of people to kind of reach out to a form of religion, but, and also it's very comforting. So yeah, it was, 
it wasn't like I like reached out to even like go to church or anything, just being in tune with myself. Like you Mm -hmm. have to be talk to yourself more and just like away and get really deep with yourself. And my advocacy now is really that when you're first diagnosed, they tell you you'll lose, you know, you'll lose your uh, eyesight, you'll lose your limbs and you'll lose this and that, but they never tell you that, you know, you'll lose yourself in this if you don't really advocate for yourself and you can find yourself with this disease it can make you find yourself if you really try hard and look hard enough mm-hmm. um it can really be the most crazy blessed experience that you can have even though it's a curse you can find the blessings in it so yeah and it's really what... it's really crazy yeah and that's I love this like beautiful spin you've put on this because something that touched me when you were talking about your diagnosis and you said well, I was in this like PTSD state for a month but and that's so true like this diagnosis is a trauma in and of itself and yeah. people respond to any sort of traumas in dramatic ways either like you know some people get really religious and spiritual after traumas some people are the complete opposite they like lose all faith in God and say well there must there's no God nothing you know yeah. why would this happen to me but I think you you found that sweet spot that for you, the spirituality and kind of being in touch with yourself has been a blessing for you. And that's and nice to hear. It, and it wasn't always like that. I'm not ashamed to say this now, but you know, I was a um I'm a suicide survivor since two thousand and three. And I think that I lived because you know, somebody didn't think that I appreciated my life and they gave me something to appreciate it. And without mm-hmm. this, I wouldn't have, be, I wouldn't be the beautiful person that I think I am today. I think I'd be a ter- terrible, different person. I was so different. I cared about, you know, I'm not saying people that care about brand new stuff are terrible, but I cared, I cared about materialistic things mm-hmm. and I don't care about those things now. I didn't, I cared more about people's statuses than their heart. I don't see people for anything other than their soul now. And I didn't see that before. So this like enlightened me on so many different levels where I am here now that I have a purpose and I found my purpose now. And it took me really like, you know, trying to take my life and me getting something that, you know, if I wouldn't have done what I did before, I would have successfully done it with diabetes. So there was something that gave me this to make me go on in a weird way. That's how I get through. Like I was given this opportunity to live again, and this is how I'm going to live in a better way. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's, those are a lot of big points to touch on. I'm like trying to, I mean, I'm speechless, but I think I'm like really touched by your story and how you're so resilient. Able to view, yeah, resilient and able to view diabetes as like this challenge. It's like, okay, well, here's how I can prove myself. Like, here's my chance to show, like, this is how I'm going to live and this is how I'm going to fight back by like being taking conquering this like crazy challenge of you know maintaining blood sugars in a certain range like that in of itself is like such a huge challenge and it seems like you're doing it as this like way to stay centered or way to kind of prove your self to this you know, higher power somehow. 
I think it, yeah, I don't know if I, I summarized that well at all, but that, that's what I kind of got from you. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's really I agree. <laughs> I think it's, um, it's also really important to note that you're, I mean, I know, I'm sure you're probably so tired of people saying this and have heard this a million times, but I want to say this for the listeners out there as well, that you're not alone. People, everyone, not everyone, but I'm not good at memorizing percentages, but something like 80% of all people with a chronic illness have some type of mental health issue. I you know, have a tons of anxiety and that's something I've been really open, open about. And I think that the more we talk about these mental health stigmas and the fact that you are a suicide survivor and are living your best diabetic life and living your best life regardless of all of these things are so important. And it's so important for people to see that you can go through all these hardships and go through this not so perfect Instagram life and come out the other side, seeing things Mm -hmm. for what they really are. And I think it's important for all the little, little 16 year olds out there listening or however old you may be, if you're 60 or 16, what is that there is hope and whether, you know, you're, you're suffering from diabetes burnout where you're just over it and can't really handle the disease that much anymore, you know, take things hour by hour, seek help, Go talk about it. Find a pal. Find a friend. Find a, find a good therapist, as Miriam and I seem to be saying on every episode because we love our therapy. <laughs> right. um, it's all life. Yeah, it's life changing in the literal sense, but it's also life changing in the metaphorical sense because you can get a new outlook. You can't change the disease, but you can change the way that you view it. And you have perfectly shown us that. Mm-hmm. A hundo. Absolutely. So to change gears a little bit here, because I do want to touch on your Etsy shop. Um, which is somewhat <laughs> similar because it does have to do a little bit with complications of type one. Can you tell us a little bit why you started it? Ah, I want to get like emotional talking about it already. There's so many good things to talk about. So <laughs> um, I just wanted to do a shop that made people like have fun with diabetes and get something at like a low cost that they could get at Forever 21 or like H&M. But instead of that, get it from a diabetic and a diabetic's donating it to, donating it to like beyond type one or mm-hmm. somebody that's having complications, which my friend was having. I saw that she was struggling with build and I wanted to show my loyalty to her that I love her and I want to donate some proceeds to her so every month I donate proceeds to her and you know I just thought like let's do a let's do a random like medical alert thing that's cheap stainless steel like that girls can have fun with and girls can buy for each other that's super cheap nothing's more than $14 in my shop free shipping amazing and yeah, I just wanted it to be fun, and then it just, like, seeing little girls or little girls' moms get it and support my shop, like, that makes me so emotional to see the little girls that get this jewelry and are just having fun with it, because it's not serious stuff, it's not, like I said, name brand stuff doesn't impress me, this is fashion jewelry, and buy it for your friend, and, um, you know, show people that you appreciate them, so when I see my friends, I'll always bring them something, custom make them something, and just let them know. I love them, and um, we always have to support each other and be kind, and I think that when I met Nicole that I donate the money to, she really enlightened me with complications like kidney disease, and Mm -hmm. I didn't know how serious it was with people that have different complications, because with me, um, I didn't know that what I was doing these whole 10 years before I met the community, that was wrong. So I could have been her and I looked up to her because she was somebody that didn't, that lived through without the technology that we have now. Right. Okay. And mm-hmm. she lived through the struggle of diet, you know, 
diet bulimia. She lived through the struggle that she's open with, the complications of different things. And I look up to people like that. People, number one, that lived in what I call the diabetic dinosaur. Ages, <laughs> the dark have, ages. Um, the diabetic um, dark ages. Yeah, the dark ages. That are living with these complications now, and people can judge them all they want, but listen, they didn't have the technology yeah. and the insulin that we have now, so do not judge that human being. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the second thing is, is that anybody that's lived with this disease that long, like I condone, like mm-hmm. I just look up to so much. Anybody that's had it, I mean, I do, but I just had to support her, and that's absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's so important that we all support each other for sure. Sorry, Miriam, what were you saying? Absolutely. Well, I was just going to say I have your like Etsy page up now because I wanted to, to browse while we were talking. And for the listeners, it's Etsy, the stylish one shop, but one is O-N-E spelled out. And I'm just looking like these things are so cute. Even these type one diabetic like medical alert bracelets and necklaces that can be, you know, really ugly a lot of the times. Like these are so dainty and cute. It's literally and inexpensive. Chic. It's chic AF. It's a chic bar it's necklace. Chic. You get one, you get exactly. one. I mean, I don't know. Like, about no you. Like, so I'm just saying. You honestly like, can get like five at a time and like Miriam and I them. There's try to do or we did last year. We tried to do um a diabetic secret Santa with our our group of diabetes <laughs> from JDRF YLC. Like plot twist it ended up Miriam just giving me my gift and then like no one else gave it was like a whole thing no one can find the time to meet up but I just see this stuff and it's perfect gift exchange for your diabetes um so Miriam don't be shocked if you get one next year when I see like diabetics get them or like strangers I don't know and they meet me in person and they're like I wear I'm getting emotional because I'm like such an emotional it's okay feelings are good feelings are good and they're and it's like you're saying somebody's life getting this like no joke like donating to my friend every month and you it's know, hard. It's just the necklace, like you. Yeah. I put that in every um, like thing. I put you're saving somebody's life because I see this girl and how much she goes through, and it's just I put that in every donation that it's for, like my girlfriend that I love. So yes, much. and so. for those of you who don't know who we're talking about, we'll give a little <laughs> shout out to Nicole. I'm trying to find her Instagram handle. Please hold. Her name is Nick Gets Real on Instagram. That's she right, yes. real and I love all the real girls on Instagram. I love them all. I love you all. You all are my sisters. We're but... all Daya sisters. Yeah, so, yeah. How yeah and that kind of leads me to like how did you how did you find this um, like social media community on Instagram? I know we've all kind of found each other but at what point did you you know, get involved in the community and what was your turning point? Because you talk about your 10 years kind of before you fully took on your management in a new way. What, what kind of tell us a little bit about that. So I just connected with a girl, um, on, I don't know if it was Facebook or even Instagram named Cassandra. And she just invited me to a walk and, that walk changed my life. It was a JDRF walk, and she's just like, come, you know, come to this walk. And I just knew about my cousin that was a diabetic and a co-worker um, that was a diabetic. And so I didn't know of many diabetics out there. I thought there was maybe, like, a couple thousand, maybe 10,000 of us. Like, I had no idea. And then I went to this walk, and I just started crying. And I'm like, people, people support us and love us. Like, I didn't know about that. And then walking with her, you know, I – 
we were talking about things and I was talking about, you know, I have these demons within myself. I think that when we first get diagnosed, the things that we're diagnosed with, correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys have a different opinion, is the trends that we do throughout our life until a certain point maybe, or we keep those trends going. Mm -hmm. For example, my doctor would always shun me when I checked my blood sugar and my sugars were high so um, or low. And so I thought of testing my blood sugar as a punishment. I thought that testing my blood sugar was a punishment. So I tested my blood sugar once or twice a week because I didn't want to see that punishment Yikes. that I put upon myself. Mm. Yeah. I was not kind to myself. Sense. So until this girl told until this girl told me, Kayla, you are not at peace with yourself. I go, what the hell do you mean I ain't at peace with myself? What are you smoking for you to be yes, at peace right. with this damn disease? Mm-hmm. Because I am not okay with this. I'm not okay with having this. I'm not, nothing about it's okay with me. So after that walk, I realized there's a community, but then I realized I wasn't at peace with what I had. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there was something that I needed to do to become at peace with it, but I didn't have the answer yet. And that bothered me. What she said bothered me, but not that she insulted me, but it bothered me internally for a long time until I figured out that I needed to reach out to other people Mm -hmm. and find my family. And it wasn't until I found you guys was until my life has changed. Like you guys have all changed my life and it's never been the same since. And, um, if I had to wait this long to get what was this good, by God, I would wait 20, 30 years, 50 years because my life yeah, is we all, now. It's such a great community, yeah. like having people hold each other accountable and really looking out for each other. I mean, I straight up remember um, Ariana was having Ariana uh, Fryer. I can never pronounce her name well. Um, she's Cup of OJ on Instagram. She was having a bad blood sugar day, and I literally... Okay, now it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, mm-hmm. I swear to God. I, the point of this is I, had only, I hadn't Dude, even met no. her yet, but we were just totally <laughs> vibing over the gram, you know, how millennials do. And she had a really, really, mm-hmm. really rough day. And I, I, I knew she's obsessed with Starbucks. Like, she does her own low-carb takes on things. Um, and so I just Venmoed her, mm-hmm. like, you know, money for Starbucks. And I was like, get a low-carb drink on me. And she Aww. was, like, soft-sobbing. And I was like things like that make you feel so good turning someone else's day around. And I think that's something that this community is so good at all of the Insta shaming aside about HbA1Cs and all those things is the fact that we're all struggling with something more than just diabetes because it takes Mm -hmm. so much more mental power to deal with the actual disease than the actual disease weighing Mm -hmm. on you is at times, at least for me. And I think this community has been such an amazing space to learn how, you know, totally awesome people can be in a world where usually all I do is talk about how awful humans are in New York City. Sorry, I love New York, but... (laughs) Like you just saying, I'm the I'm yeah. I'm like, oh my god, could people, you walk so. any slower? Or like, someone so looks I, at me, or like, I get catcalled on the street. I'm like, people are literally the worst. <laughs> and then something, I'll you know, go on or call Miriam or call Christy or mm-hmm. you know, text a friend across the country and be like, hey, how you know, just weighing in, say, hey, what's up? You rock, don't ever change. And people do that for me, and that's what yeah. makes things worthwhile. And I think you perfectly explained that in this episode. Yeah. And I think, Kayla, what what makes you so inspiring as 
an influencer, if I can use that word, but I think you are. I think what makes you so inspiring in this um, community is that you're super authentic and you're not saying like, oh, I have it all figured out and things are just great. And like, it'll be, you know, I think you're, you're real on Instagram. And I think that's really relatable to people. And you don't see that it's all the important. time. It's so um, important. No, you don't. I'm like tired of seeing everyone's yeah, perfect like, blood sugar yeah. line and being like, diabetes is so hard. And I'm like, then show me your 300. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, and you know, uh, a man named Phil Graham. I don't know if you guys know who he is. He said, you know, um, don't uh, don't quote me on this, but I'm going to try to quote him on this. Here we go. He goes, my my best diabetes could be your worst diabetes, and you know, so your worst true. diabetes could be my best diabetes. Mm-hmm. That that changed my life because. I would sit down at the dinner table with my cousin until I started re because when I, after I went to this walk, I had to re-educate myself on everything. I said, I don't know mm-hmm. shit about my diabetes. Um, I got a Dexcom for the first time in 10 years because, you know, I was on a wrong device before I was on something that didn't work for me. So um, CGM scared me until I got on Dexcom. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so we're so scared of change yeah. and different things, but until we take these steps, like, you become at peace with your yourself, but you have to also be real and be like, every day is a new day and I can't be hard on myself. Miriam always tells me that, and she literally, she's the first person to ever tell me this, is that diabetes is the unique disease where every day is a new day and you have a restart button on, you know, a night of bad blood sugars or whatever the day before. And that is so true. It's something that I literally to this day will tell newly diagnosed people, will tell anyone who has the disease or has something going on, because it's hard to understand metaphorically, you know, tomorrow's a new day. But with diabetes, mm-hmm. you're not, mm-hmm. you know, it really is a new day. It really and is. It, yeah. everything's feel, everything feels yeah. a little bit lighter and a little less weighed down when you can think of things mm-hmm. like that. So Miriam, you're my go-to, even when you don't know it, (laughs) is the moral of the story. (laughs) Good. Can I tell you guys how ignorant I was? Like I was sitting with my cousin and I thought that he would take the same amount of insulin as me because we were eating the same thing, but he's a grown ass man and I'm (laughs) a hundred and something pounds. And so, you know, like that's how ignorant I was because I didn't know, like, I just didn't know all these things you guys and my blood sugars have been the best because of the online community, because of you guys, you guys made me proud to wear Dexcom. I saw girls with Dexcom online and I was like, they look sexy as (laughs) shit. It's real. Amen. Yeah. If if they look hot and I look up to that, I want that on me because that might help me too. Mm -hmm. And then I went to a convention and I saw everybody at the convention had a CGM except me. Mm -hmm. And they raise they go, raise your hand if you have a CGM. I was one of the only people that didn't have it. And I said, something is wrong. Mm -hmm. There's something wrong. So I got on Dexcom, loved it, um, worked for them for a little bit, and then now I don't. But still, like, you know, if it wasn't for the community, like, I wouldn't have changed, got my blood sugar so good. Like, an example is um, I have this friend, and he will always give me something if I want to try it. So he gave me a Frezza. Today, like, my blood sugar's never been so good. It hasn't been below 90. Hasn't been above That's the above inhalable, right? Inhalable. Yeah. And I've never tried that before. Like, and just goes to show that may work for me. It may not work mm-hmm. for you. But for me, I tried something new without the kindness of this man. I sent him my graphs before 
this and after this. You guys, I ate fried chicken, <laughs> donuts, cookies. We had a buffet oh, at work. God. I ate everything. My breath was that beautiful. I said, thank you so much. You always wanted me to be healthy and happy. Mm. And he goes, you know what? That's so we true. Now I will say... Always, always for those listeners, for uh, disclaimer purposes, always be sure you have medical approval before trying things or uh, a prescription (laughs) just to cover everyone's butts. Um, Kayla's an adult. She can do as she pleases. But for those listening, just do that. Kayla, it's been beyond a pleasure. You're such a kind soul and truly an inspiration for everyone listening. Mm -hmm. Go check out and follow at Frenchie Gang on Instagram and be sure to send Kayla some love because she is always sending love back out. Um, follow us on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals. Follow us on Facebook, pancreas pals PP. Slide into our DMs anywhere you want. Hit us up on our email, pancreaspals123 at gmail.com. We're so excited to continue having an amazing season. If that was proper English, I still am unclear. Mm-hmm. Words are hard. Thanks again, Kayla. You're the bomb.com. Yeah, thank you so True. much. Love you much guys. Love. Thank you. Love Seriously, you all. guys. Have yeah. a great rest of your week and let the good shugs roll. I feel like I stole that from Libby Russell. Sorry, guys. Continue having a, We're still working on our closing line, is the moral <laughs> of the sentence. Much love. Yeah. We all love Another strong yeah, diary. Good. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>